0: Welcome to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Cupkey. From handguns to rifles and hunting to self-defense, even a bit of politics. It's time to exercise your First and Second Amendment rights. Call and join the conversation, 734-822-1600. And now, your host, Dick Cupkey.
1: Well, good morning and welcome back to Trigger Talk, and uh, we're going to have a fun day today. It is March 2nd, and uh, hopefully, gosh, it's, it was so warm this week, it's going to be warm next week. A little cold this weekend, but i got to say, uh, we're almost to spring, I guess. Um, the, I hope this, the uh, things don't bud all out, and then we get 12 inches of snow, like's happened in the past. Um Let's see. We have got a lot of things to talk about today. I'm hoping to get a call from a um, from a person to talk about the uh, premises liability issue. We'll see if he calls. Uh, let's see. So in Michigan, for our gun shows, we have the Sportsman Swap Meet and Gun Show in Casco Township, the original Grand Rapids Gun and Knife Show at the Four Mile Showplace, the Old Time Gun Show at the Knights of Columbus in in Monroe, and I even I added this week to remind everybody so you can plan ahead. Next week, no, uh, March 9th, is the Huron Gun Collector Show out at the Washtenaw Farm Council Grounds. So next week we'll we'll have a local one to be able to go to. Ohio, we have the uh, Cincinnati Gun and Knife Show the in uh, Harrison, Ohio, the Tri-State Gun Show in Lima, Ohio, and the Warren Niles Gun Show in Warren, Ohio. Uh, Missouri's got a ton. I don't know what's going on with them. They have got the... Lebanon gun show in Lebanon, Mo-, Mo. Boy, you guys out there! I got a. I sh- haven't heard from any of you guys in a while. Out in Jeff City and Columbia and things like that. So give me a, give me a call. Tell me what's going on. You guys have like one, two, three, seven gun shows this week. You can go to the uh, Sedalia uh, Midwest Arms Sedalia Gun Show, the uh, NEA Gun and Knife Show in Corning, Arkansas, the Jamesport Gun Show in Jamesport, Missouri. <laughs> The uh, Christian County Elks Gun and Knife Show in Ozark at the Christian County Elks Lodge uh, in Ozark, Missouri. The Xander Three-Day Gun Show in Fayetteville. And the the Scott County Gun Show at the Minor Convention Center. And one last one. It's actually on the... Oh, this is in Illinois. Gosh, heaven forbid. Belleville Gun and Knife Show in Belleville, Illinois. Must be right on the border. Uh, Let's see. We have got... In Arizona now we have got uh the Santan Gun Show in Santan Valley, the uh Cottonwood Ari- uh Cottonwood co- Collectibles and Firearm Show in Cottonwood Arizona. Fountain Hills canceled for this week I guess. So uh that's too bad. I like Fountain Hills. I I flew out there one time in a Bonanza, actually. So uh let's see and then a co- Crossroads uh Tucson Gun Show. In, in Tucson at the Pima County Fairgrounds and Murphy's Yuma Gun Show. So um, I, I want to say I was pleasantly surprised that we had uh, new CPL numbers this morning. And actually, uh, we have, just so you know, 830,338 now. So we are actually up this past month 5,743. Okay, okay. And that's – now, believe it or not, and there's still 6,200 impending. And I was reading another article that was very interesting that um, that uh, the gun show – or the, the CPL permits and stuff are in great demand. They're on the rise now because it's ahead of, um, uh, you know, Gretchen Whitmer's uh, uh, – Gretch the Witch, uh, her uh, – Uh, laws that took effect just recently about how you have to get permits for long gun sales and stuff like that. But if you've got a CPL and the other person has a CPL, you don't have to go through all you have to verify and you may have to fill out some paperwork, but you don't have to turn it in and you don't have to go get a permit to purchase. So I think a lot of people are going to get that as a gun buying license in addition to being a CPL. So Interesting. But uh, $5,700 is pretty good for the month. Now, i got to say, uh, and we'll see if he calls in. I gave him the whole hour to call in. Um, Steve, Steve Doolin, who uh, is actually—he's the second vice chair of MCRGO Legal Foundation. He's the legal foundation chair, the media contact, and the director of the South Central Lower Peninsula area. He's a, And he's a— um, a lawyer and he teaches law and he teaches gun seminars and all sorts of stuff. And I'm hoping Steve gets a chance to call us in because I did call him and talk to him today about the premises or not today, this week about the premises liability issue. And uh, he said, Really? I, I'm because that's what he does is real estate law and gun law. Uh, and uh he he wasn't aware of a change that would affect it so i sent him the information i have and he was going to look into it and call if he had anything by the way mcrgo is uh keeping up on the latest laws and things it had some interesting stories about um about how uh police in michigan are kind of iffy about how to how to handle enforcement of these things like red flag laws they're they're kind of worried about that you know so let's say you know somebody um uh says hey that guy threatened me and he's got guns in his house oh well you go to a judge and the judge says yes you could do a uh, red flag law, and then, but the judge doesn't have to go serve that law. Law enforcement has to, and they're not going to be real comfortable with knocking. Now, it would be best if they knocked on the door at maybe, uh, you know, I want to say five thirty in the evening, something like that, um, because nobody wants one of those five thirty or three o'clock in the morning knocks in there, you know. Hey, we're here to take your guns. Yeah, like hell you are. Okay, so that's not a good good scenario to set up. So at any rate, um, uh, there there some of the law enforcement agencies are kind of timid about how are they going to approach doing this. It'll be interesting. Uh, let's see. And oh, by the way, MCGR, MCRGO also has on their website the uh, the downloadable PDF for the firearm sales record. I don't know if that's a new version. Did they change? It doesn't say anything specifically. It's got pistol and uh, it's got non-pistol. So they have updated it, okay? And so it's the new format that you would need to use. So you can go to mcrgo.org and you can download that. Uh, Ed from Ypsilanti on pistol registration. Hi, Ed. Hey,
0: Dick, I just wanted to tell you that uh, I bought this pistol recently for my wife I told you about, and I was surprised that among the changes in the law that you were talking about for CPL holders, I didn't have to take a copy of the uh, purchase permit or whatever they call it now and mail it into the cop shop. Now the gun store can do it.
1: Well, that's good. Um, I think that they could do that in the past as well. I- but no, uh,
0: I've always I've always had to be responsible for carrying in or mailing in a copy myself okay. in the last six months.
1: I know they can do the the uh, issuing of them, and they the essentially what was the old permit to purchase type of thing. They could do that there. Now I don't know if um, if Gretchen changed that or not, but um, uh, I want to say. Uh, the the good thing is, is that if you are, it's for private sales that I'm pissed off about it, that, yeah. you know, if I want to sell you a rifle, now we have to go through that? Well, we don't, because I have a CPL and you have a CPL, you know?
0: An encouragement to get a CPL. It yep.
1: sure is, and that's why maybe we got 6,000 of them this month. That's really good. Now, hey, how about a range por- uh, range report on that new Gearson MC-14T?
0: Oh, well, I'd be happy to. um. I love it. I think it's a great gun uh, for what it does. Uh, you know, with the uh, Lehigh defense uh, that you pointed out over the last couple of years, the uh, Phillips screwdriver
1: uh, bullets. <laughs>
0: you know that uh, that that should be excellent uh, an excellent choice for my wife to carry or, or any lady to it carry. It's a uh, man. It's it's almost like a full size gun. So it's certainly a purse carry gun, uh, or you know, hip carry if they well-
1: want. I, I held it today when you came in the in the studio here and it's not really quite full size. It would be more of a I mean it's not like a 5 inch 1911 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Uh but it I think it's a 4 inch barrel, isn't it? So it's kind yeah, of like
0: 4 and something, 4 yeah. and uh, 3 eighths or something. Yeah.
1: It, it's uh, kind of like compact commander size for 1911s or like a uh Springfield XD um compact with a four-inch barrel, which I want to say is still a big gun. So it's not like a little baby mouse gun, but it that's good because that helps soak up recoil too, doesn't it?
0: That and the aluminum frame, so it's not extremely heavy like a steel frame, but it's not as light as a polymer, and it has a longer sight radius than, say, her or your SB101.
1: Yep. Well, that is really good. I, and I saw a video of her, do, and you sent me images. She did really well. First shot, didn't she?
0: Right out of the box, he <laughs> put one in the center of the
1: bullseye, and then the rest were grouped around it. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that'll give her some confidence, too. Uh, it, yeah, after get after uh, handling it for a bit, are you both used to the tilt barrel now?
0: Yeah, yeah, it takes a little bit getting used to, but you only care about that on the first shot. If you're carrying it loaded, it never comes into play unless you get confused like I did at the range yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you had fun. Now, you can still go out shooting that uh, SP-101. you got to try those rounds I gave you.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Because uh, that still hurts.
1: She loves that gun. She has a <laughs> fond attachment to it, and doesn't want to sell it. Yeah, so. yeah, I know they're fun guns. I, I yep. just and they, they just are smooth. I we like we were talking about uh, a couple sets of new springs and a um, and the Italian trigger job of just sitting there and clicking it, and you know, bang, bang. You know, I mean, just uh, watching TV, whatever. Like
0: Not bang, bang, click, click. Hopefully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good. Hey, well, thanks for calling in and. and and uh, given that range report, I appreciate it. All right. See okay. you. Bye. See, see you. Bye. Uh, the other gun I wanted to talk about, because there was a caller that called in and mentioned it. And um, I don't know about you. I keep all of my American Riflemen. I have uh, probably 20 years of them. Plus, I have some old ones that one of. I had a listener one time. And I actually went up. I think he lived near Lansing. And uh, at least it was in Livingston County or something. It was north of here. And um, he, he had boxes and boxes of old gun magazines. And I had a hoot. Uh, I went and picked him up from him. My wife says, do you really want to go to somebody's house? I said, yeah, if he's a listener of mine, I, I'm trusting him, okay? So um, the thing is, is that I, um, he, he called, got a hold of me. And uh, I came up to his house. I took, I brought home like seven big boxes of, of gun magazines. My wife said, oh, great, where are you going to put those? Uh, and I went through them, and I read them all, and then I kept ones that had unique articles in them and stuff like that, and the other ones I recycled. But uh, I keep all of my American Rifleman magazines. And so when last week we had a, a listener call in and talk about in addition to this, uh, the tilt barrel, like Ed and I were just talking about, a a Walther that is designed just for women, and it's called well, not just for women; it could be for anybody who has small hands. And let me see what page is that on. Uh, so it's in the it's the July 2022 issue. So it's a year and a half old or so. Uh, let's see, page 38, and it shows. Uh, Actually, it shows a a woman that was a local woman shooter for a while. There's a picture of her on the second page of the article, uh, Tatiana Whitlock, who used to work out at Ann Arbor Arms, and she's gone on to work at the NRA and some other areas and stuff like that. But now here she is in American Rifleman magazine, and they're showing this uh, Walther PDP F series, and I assume that means for female hand. Uh, but at, or F-Series, like F-Series pickup truck, I don't know. But the point is, is that it is designed specifically for women. Now, it's not like, they, they, it's funny in the articles you read, it, it says it's a lot better when they used to say just uh, the concept for guns for women was shrink it and pink it. <laughs> well, do you know, haven't you seen those before where Taurus makes a bunch of colored guns? They're um, pink and, and teal and blue and all sorts of stuff. But there for a while, whenever a woman would come into a store, they'd say, oh, I'm looking for a gun. They'd go to the little gun aisle and they would uh pick out, oh, here's a nice pink Taurus or a nice pink yeah Taurus Spectrum or or some of these others they even had one called the Curve that was supposedly shaped for your body and um the thing is is that uh what women need is not a pink gun okay although that's okay if you want to carry a pink gun that's perfectly fine uh but the what women need are guns that fit their hands okay Uh, of course, there are variations of all women. We all know that. Um, one size does not describe all, but there are ones that have very big hands and ones that have tiny, tiny hands. So when you go shopping for a gun, you don't necessarily want something that's a sub caliber like a 22 or, a um, you know, 22 long rifle, 22 short. I have, I have that little Beretta 950 with me tonight, today, um, and it's it's a little tiny baby mouse gun in it. I I would use it as a backup in a boot maybe or something. But that's it. Um, but they want to have a defensive caliber gun that fits their hands. And what they did with the uh, the Walter now I'm going to say it again PDPF series. And like any other Wal- Walter, they're they're not cheap, cheap. They're not like a Taurus. That, I think uh, you can get a Taurus G3C for like 239 or something like that. This is actually a, um, a uh, let's see, what's the barrel length? Uh, slide, blah, 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 let's see, four pound trigger. I don't see what it says barrel length on it, but it, it's probably about a four inch barrel and uh but it it lists the m s r p as six ninety nine so it's seven hundred bucks, okay, but walthers are expensive they're kind of like six hours they can be um uh, they're very nice but they're also pricey but what they did is they they not only uh shortened well they they skinnied up the grip and they um skinnied up the depth of the grip so it's it's less wide and it's less deep and they actually designed it with the back strap and everything so that the length of pull of the, of the, um, trigger is about a quarter inch or the, when I say length of pull, I'm not talking about the movement of the trigger. I'm talking when you have your hand on the, on the gun and you've got the, the difference from the back of the grip to the um, to the trigger, the circ- that whole circumference, that circle right there that your your hand would enclose on, is a quarter inch smaller because it's better for short fingers and and short, small hands. So, what a great idea! And I want to thank the the listener who pointed that out. And I said, you know, I remember reading that, and I think it's also got. I think they they uh, they uh, lightened up the the slide racking by about 20% too. So I want to say um, it would be a good alternative for somebody. Now, uh, it would be good for somebody with a small hand. Uh, if you have somebody who has a hard time with upper body strength or hand strength, then something like that Tilt Barrel Gearson is uh, is, is a better choice for you. Um, both high-quality guns. I think uh, Ed said that that uh, Gearson was about... Uh, 450 something, and it was about almost 500 out the door. So, with taxes and things like that. Um, so at any rate, uh, a lot of fun there. Uh, now let's see. I'm also going to talk about, oh, don't forget, uh, Women on Target, and that is coming up. The registration is only a month away. Okay. It's in, uh, it's in uh, on April 1st when people sign up for that. So that'll be fun. And Kids on the Range Day out at Tri-County Sportsman's League is on July 13th. So I want to say oh, the other thing about Tri-County is make sure you go out there on Sunday and shoot trap. I've been running into all sorts of people that have said Dick, do you know the trap range is open again? I go, yeah, I know, I know the trap range is open. And I hear it every Sunday because I live about 700 yards from there, okay? And I hear the rhythmic, you know, uh, I can't hear them yell, pull, be, uh, but they yell, pull, because there's a microphone that senses it. And you yell, pull, or pip, or whatever word you use, and the microphone senses it, and it releases the the clay pigeon. And uh, I it, people get into a rhythm, the five of you do. It's like, you know, pull, bang. And then when they do that, you break open your your shotgun or chamber around and then you're up and then pull bang the next guy does it so it's like rhythmic all day uh, Sunday afternoon it's a lot of fun Uh, let's see Oh, I was going to say I got a couple stories talking about um, uh, law enforcement and this is actually interesting or lack of law enforcement and it's not law enforcement's fault it's the the court's fault Uh, in Chicago this past week they had a, a Saturday morning robbery at a jewelry store, and the guy comes in and he's yelling and he bangs on and breaks the glass case, so uh, you know for the diamonds and stuff like or watches or whatever he was going to steal, and uh, so one of the one of the uh, workers there who was carrying. Uh, was concerned about their safety because if you're violent enough to break a glass case that's got jewelry in it, then you are capable of being violent with the uh, employees inside there. So he pulled his firearm and he fired at the guy, two shots, and the first one hit him in the abdomen, the second one hit him in the buttocks, okay? Uh, He must have been turning sideways. Thing is, is that... um, uh, I want to say the jewelry store robber who was shot by the employee was released by the police actually the courts uh without charges without charges okay A Saturday morning uh, robbery didn't go as planned for a suspected crook in Chicago, but even though the man was shot by his intended victim, he still managed to catch a lucky break, at least for the moment. The robbery happened around 11 a.m. at a jewelry store in downtown Chicago, with the suspect trying to pull a smash and grab before an employee intervened. The offender entered the business at that location and unsuccessfully attempted to take property. Another person with a FOID card and a concealed carry permit drew their firearm and shot the uh, the, attempt, the the attempt offender. The attempted robber suspect flooded uh, the attempted—oh, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't say um, the alleged—you uh, know, that's always—what a bunch of crap that is. A guy shoots somebody standing there with a gun. Oh, the alleged robber, the alleged shooter— Um, We need some some good old fashioned law enforcement. Uh, The attempted robber suspect fled the scene, but was located by police nearby and arrested, then was taken to the hospital where they initially reported to be stable with a gunshot wound. According to CWB Chicago. I don't know what that is. The suspect was taken into custody after he was released from the hospital, but the armed citizen was also detained by authorities while they investigated the crime, spending more than 24 hours in custody before he was released on Sunday afternoon. And there was surveillance video and stuff. Uh, under Illinois law, deadly force can be justified to prevent the commission of, of of a forcible felony, and both burglary and robbery are among those crimes that meet the statutory definition. So it appears that the armed citizen who fired at the robber was justified in doing so. Um, if, But if someone is stupid enough to try to smash through a glass display case in a store full of employees, I'd say that uh, it's reasonable to believe they were capable of injuring or killing those employees as they tried to make their getaway. Even the suspect didn't, uh, even though he didn't display a weapon inside the store. There have been other retail, this is important, there have been other retail employees who have been murdered by robbers in the city in recent days. Okay, so uh, that may very well have been on the mind of the armed citizen when he drew his pistol and fired at the robber. And he's back on the streets now. Okay? it It is ridiculous, and I've got another story about that, too, which is, um, I'll get to it in a little bit, but it's about um, a California sheriff complaining about it, about Newsom's laws, so we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, Let's see, what else did I, oh, I'm going to put this challenge out. I didn't get anything the last two weeks. Maybe nobody cares about this. Guns, nobody really needs, but we still want, okay? Okay. Like that Gerson. I don't need that. I don't have any problems racking a slide. But, man, was that cool. I think I would like one of those. I also was talking to Ed about a uh, Smith & Wesson uh, M&P 22 Magnum that holds 30 rounds and is supposed to be very easy to rack because it has, um, uh, uh, I want to say, a partial gas-operated system which allows it to... um, uh, Make it easier to rack the slide as well. So pretty cool, pretty cool kind of thing, and I I really like that gun. And I gotta say, I've been wanting a tw- I do have a 22 Magnum pistol, but it's a revolver. I certainly would like to have one as a semi-automatic. Uh, this is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio at WHAM Talk 1600 uh, here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I'll be back in just a few minutes.
0: Wham! Talk 1600. Welcome back to Trigger Talk Radio with your host, Dick Cupkey. Call now, 734-822-1600
1: to join in the conversation. And we're back. And uh, I'm doing things old school today. I uh, remember, gosh, it had been several months ago now, I had a, a problem with my my computer and I the, the Mouse quit working, the microphones quit working, all sorts of things were screwing up. And I managed to go back in and reload all the drivers and get it all working again. Now it's screwing up again <clears throat> to the point where it will not even open Word. So I'm, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So my, I've got my laptop here, and I have it open to my uh, dick at Trigger Talk. Uh, Ray, uh, Dick at TriggerTalkRadio.com dot com email. So if anybody wants to email me during the show, I it it pops up. That part still working, but the rest of it wasn't working. I had to use a backup computer. Thank goodness I got a desktop still with a printer, and I had to print out. I this, I listen. Okay, that's that's like Rush Limbaugh rattling the papers, okay? Do you remember that? Uh, Theron does that every once in a while, and, and so does uh, D- Dan Bongino. They do that, too. Well, I had to print out my pages of um, of show prep today, and so I want to say—well, that I actually printed them out— um, Judiciously, I only printed out twenty pages because uh, I sometimes I have seventy pages that I know I'm not going to get to, and I'm going to have my computer fixed by next week. I'm I'm hoping, but um, uh, so I I printed them all out, and I'm I actually kind of like looking at the paper here. Uh, interesting story uh, that came out this week: the um, the army's newest sniper rifle isn't a sniper rifle. Now we all know about the uh, uh, what is it the M24 the bolt action that is like a uh, I'll think of it like a Remington 700 uh I think they had a uh, they used to have a M20 or something that was a or a a, um, a Winchester 1 during the Vietnam to- era but everybody thinks uh, the iconic image of a military sniper is similar to the um One where the muzzle of the highly-accurized bolt-action rifle pokes out between blades of long long grass and the rough burlap of a ghillie suit. Okay, we've all seen, you know, the pictures of the snipers in Afghanistan uh, and in Iraq and all over the place where that's our image of a sniper with a bolt-action rifle. So why is the U.S. Army purchasing something that is less accurate and shorter-ranged? And that's because they were, you know, I want to say <coughs> they're still going to be using their, um, their, uh, 338 Lapuas and their 50 Cal Barretts and stuff like that. But they also, um, uh, can use other, there are other rounds out there. And they're not necessarily giving up much in terms of, um, when when you've got it supplemented with those higher caliber guns, because we've all heard of people making um you know with with like twelve point seven millimeter or fifty caliber um or three thirty eight lapuas making fifteen hundred yard shots uh somebody's even done a recently done a mile one point two miles or something like that these long 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 range shots that's not your typical sniper usage okay So they figured what they could do is they are the the Army has chosen a new semi automatic sniper rifle replacing the M110, which entered service in 2008. According to reports by the Army Times, the winning rifle was the Heckler and Koch G28. And, according to the company's website the g twenty eight is a version of the h k four seventeen battle rifle itself a variation of an a r ten so essentially it's like an a r ten so it's it's and what they've also done is they've chambered it in three o eight which is like as old fashioned as you can get for a sniper rifle um i mean everybody's like, oh, you know, they turn up their nose on three o eight now and and I love 308s. I was out shooting one oh a couple weeks ago. Um I was shooting a uh H and K G three and um it was in three oh eight. I put like 125 rounds through it that day. It was a blast, literally. And I also had the Remington seven hundred there, the PSS, which is a heavy barreled um uh precision stock with a I've got a, a Zeiss. Scope on it was like absolutely dead nuts on, but it's slow, it's one at a time. Okay, Uh, they had a couple reasons for doing this though. Uh, This came after a 2014 request for proposals for a more compact version of the 110. The 110 is being replaced, despite the fact that it was named one of the Army's best 10 inventions in 2007 so and it's it was made by knight's armament okay so what is behind the replacement of a rifle that was widely loved by soldiers after it replaced the m24 bolt action system according to the military it was to get something less conspicuous the m110 is 13 inches longer than a, a typical m4 carbine something an enemy sniper would be able to notice. So I guess, you know, you do not want, you got a squad of guys out there and you got, uh, you know, a number of of, of uh, soldiers out there and one of them is carrying an obviously different scoped, 13-inch longer uh, rifle than the other guys. He might be your first target, okay? So they want something less conspicuous. And uh, amusingly, heck, even Heckler and Koch doesn't consider the uh, G28 a sniper rifle. They call it a DMR system, far more than just another rifle with a scope. The G28 is a military version of the civilian semi-automatic competition rifle, the MR308, uh, deployed in the established 7.2 by 7.62 by 51, which is the 7.62 NATO round. Uh, de- and they call it DMR, Designated Marksman Rifle, ensures accuracy of uh, 1.5 MOA, so that's uh, at at 100 yards, that would be 1.5 inches, whilst enabling a full night fighting capability. Providing a maximum effective range and a high first-round hit, probably up to 600 meters, and the G28 also allows suppressive fire against man-sized targets, accurate up to 800 meters. So, if you are having to keep down a, a group of enemy, then with suppressive fire, you can do that much better in with a 308 in. Um, in a semi-automatic, than you can in one with a bolt action. So that makes sense. I guess they're moving forward. Um, <coughs> I'm a couple. I'm going to rehash a couple things I talked about last week, just briefly. California Democrats push bill requiring insurers to rat out homeowners. Why is this important? Because what goes, what happens in California, often happens elsewhere in the country eventually, and. Um, and that's true when it comes to all these various things that, that uh, I mean, California is the trial point. Even though they don't do anything, they have far more gun control in California than, than most states, but they also have far, far higher uh, multiple shootings out there. So it's very interesting how ineffective it is. But what they're trying to do, again, is to get uh, the— get it so that it would force insurance companies to provide lawmakers with an annual report highlighting homeowners with guns in their residence. The bill would require an insurer to include questions on an application for homeowners or renters insurance seeking specified information regarding the presence and storage of any firearms kept in the household, accessory structures or vehicles kept on the property, subject to applicable insurance policy. It continues. The bill would require an insurer to annually report this information to the Department of Insurance and Legislature beginning January first, 2027. It would prohibit the. It says it would prohibit the inclusion of confidential identity uh, information in the report. <clears throat> oh well, maybe when they send the report up, and a and a company says yes, I have uh, five hundred thousand. Uh, you know, people that we uh, sell insurance policies to and uh, 250,000 of them report they have guns and that they're they're stored properly. Well, what are they going to do with that? Nothing, except that when they decide that they want to come back and they go, okay, uh, Mr. Insurance Company, we want to know who those 250,000 people are and where they live. Okay, that's what you worry about. It's always an attempt to get around the whole registration list thing that they're always coming up with. Uh, let's see. Uh, armed attorneys, will the ATF require FFL license of anybody wishing to sell a firearm? I've got my eye on this because it's a rumor right now, but, they, uh, but it could very well be true coming, given the, especially depending on the uh, outcome of this upcoming election. Um now this is a story I mentioned earlier the um, hold on a second the it's not by accident a california r- sheriff roasts radicals in california for ex- the exploding crime problem and what it was is there's actually a sheriff the uh let's see the left in America loves to champion criminal justice reform. Running that slogan through the universal translator, that means not putting criminals in jails or prison. Emptying prisons of bad, bad people already there and an end to cash bail. It also includes legalizing drugs and decriminalizing crime through legislation. That's exactly what you see going on in places like California where they're, all the stores are shutting down because they raised the limit <coughs> they're going to do it again too. Uh they had raised it to 9 uh, 995 dollars or something as the limit of the oh we're not even going to prosecute. We're not even going to charge people if they steal less than $1000. But now they're now they're having to raise that to $1500. Probably because of Joe Biden's inflation, but um I want to say it frustrates the cops terribly when they uh when they have their hands tied even we just heard this one about the the jewelry store heist in uh in Chicago where the the criminals back on the street now okay uh the alleged criminal he only came in and smashed a a case and a guy shot at him before he had a chance to steal anything but no he was he was turning his life around. He was just wanting to get a closer look at those diamonds and maybe maybe those rings check them on his girlfriend's uh, fingers before he bought one. That's what it was, yeah. So let him go. He didn't really mean to rob anything. Uh, last Thursday, Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bl- Bianco spoke at the Golden State Capitol building to champion public safety over woke politics. He didn't hold back either. Bianco described crime in California as a crisis and blaming the woke social justice warriors for it. Their criminal justice reform has allowed crime to skyrocket. And they wonder why, you know, we're getting 6,000, even in Michigan here. I mean, it's not as bad here as it is in Chicago, uh, it's not as bad as it is in some of the border towns and border states down there, but but people are realizing that uh, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away and that you are always your own first responder, okay? If somebody is, is you know, attacking you in a parking lot, who, who are you going to call that will be there in the time it would take somebody to slit your throat or shoot you? Nobody. You've got to defend yourself. So anyway, that's, that's interesting. You haven't heard about this in the media, okay, because the media is not going to report about uh, the, Bianco and his stuff. You only hear about this in gun media, okay, which I consider myself to be kind of gun media. I try to be uh, gun enthusiast and gun media and all sorts of stuff um finally i've got enough minutes left here to be able to talk about a story that, of a gun that I really like, and i don't know if anybody um else has one of the, well a lot of people have them, but any of my listeners have them I love them um and i don't have one now i had one <laughs> I had one that that was given to me as a challenge it was um uh my friend John had had bought it at a at a uh police supply place that was um uh, uh they they take guns that have been confiscated and things like that and and they as as appropriate they sell them to people who um you know who are law abiding citizens they go through all the background checks and stuff well some of these g- guns are unclaimed and things like that he said i know how much you like these things so uh, he goes, see if you can do what you can do with this. And it was a Marlin 60, but it had been buried in the ground, okay? Not in a bag, not in a tube. It was just buried in the backyard somewhere. And it was a confiscated weapon from like a drug bust or something. But it had been, it it had, I, w- I want to say, I, I I looked at it, I almost said, I can't. It was like five dollars, okay. John bought it because it he wanted a part off of it. Maybe he needed like a uh site elevator or something like that. So at any rate, um he goes, Here I thought let you have it, see what you can do with it. It took me hours, hours to get the barrel clean of mud, okay? And then I tried to tried to uh, use, you know, brushes on it and stuff. I just could not get that barrel back to any semblance of, of accuracy, okay? Then the, the receiver was so caked with mud and rust, I finally, I, I told John, I I can't, uh, I'm sorry, I have to throw it away, <laughs> which I did, and I took, um, I, I actually took a hacksaw and cut it in half and threw it away. So uh, let's see, so that, but the gun is a Marlin Model 60, How many out there have those? I should see the phone sliding up like a NORAD control center here. Uh, Because it's such an old school classic. And actually, until, um, let's see, when was it? The Marlin Glenfield Model 60 is revered by many firearms enthusiasts as one of the most accurate and affordable semi-automatic 22s made. This is especially true of those made before 1983. If you can get your hands on one, don't pass it up. Well, Marlin began making the Model 60 in, you guessed it, 1960. And it quickly became known as an affordable, reliable, and accurate rimfire and enjoyed by small game hunters and 22 pinksters alike. Now, this is what's important. Over the next 60 years, well over 11 million of these rifles were produced and sold. Model 60s were sold under the Glenfield name until 1983, and they were sold under private label names like J. C. Penny, Montgomery Wards, uh Western Auto, and others. Only the legendary Ruger ten twenty two eventually surpassed the Model sixty in sales. So I wanna say and now Ruger owns it, and there's rumors I keep checking I keep my my ear to the rail uh listening to see if i can hear any rumors about it coming out because it it is actually a nice fit for ruger to have a 22 semi-automatic that isn't fed by a detachable mag because 22s um typically do not fall under the the um uh, semi-automatic ban the assault weapons ban often don't fall under that unless they have a detachable mag that can hold more than fifteen rounds or so. And you can very easily get now most of the 1022s come with a little rotary mag and they just hold ten and they fit flush to the to the bottom of the gun. They're very nice. I have several, okay? But the what happens is the um you can get a 25 round mag that is like a banana clip, okay? It looks like a big, long AK, um, uh, you know, curved 22 mag that holds 25. And they actually make them together that you can flip over, that it's got the... the uh, part that fits into the receiver on both ends and you can flip it over and it holds 50 rounds. Okay. So it's pretty, pretty cool, but it could start to fall into the category where the gun banners could get after them. So to have a gun that has a tubular magazine, and by the way, back then, you could get ones originally that they held 17 rounds, which was pretty cool, and one in the chamber, so 18 rounds. And you could plank for a long time with 18 rounds, okay? Then for some of the states that had 15-round uh, limits on things, they shortened the tube up a little bit so that it only holds 15 in the later models. But having something with a tubular magazine is just fun, it's it's what reminds us of, of being a kid when you would you know pull that uh, tubular the the spring loaded um, follower back out to expose the little slot and drop the twenty two down in it. What could be more fun than that? And it slowed you down too. <laughs> Although I can remember having a competition one time with my uh, with uh, my son in law and we were trying to shoot the center out of some targets and see who could do it first and and you could very easily with that marlin uh it was just super accurate um and it has that what they call a micro groove barrel it was something that that they the marlin company um pioneered and it's been a very accurate barrel okay uh let's see the gun specs the gun is a it, typically boasted a 22-inch barrel, so it was not a small gun. That's one of the things, too. It felt like a full-size gun, kind of like some of the old Mossbergs, the 4.42s and stuff, or uh, Marlin 39 uh, lever action. doesn't feel like a little tiny 22. It feels like a full-size gun, and the Marlin Model 60 does as well. So I want to say, and they actually, back then, they— uh, Oh, they used to put, I think, pressed—they didn't do actual cross-hatching on the—you know, where you engraved them onto um, the—carved them into the wood. They did like what was called a pressing, and then they darkened it with dark stain, and they'd have squirrels on them, and they'd have checker patterns and all sorts of fun things like that. Um, I I just want to say it was a fun gun, and it's one of those ones, Lord knows, I do not need another twenty-two. But man there's a couple of cool ones coming. <laughs> I guess maybe I'm going to have to go out and if if they come out with a new Ruger one, I will absolutely get one. And then if they don't, I'm going to have to figure out how to get a get a uh an older one my, of my own. Um and I want to say eventually those are all going to be uh handed down to my grandkids, but uh, at any rate um Oh, here we got, uh, we have, uh, somebody just, let's say, hi, Dick, I'm looking for a nine millimeter rifle. Do you know of a lever action rifle and what company manufactures it? Uh, do you know, I, I know that I have seen a couple of ones recently and I don't remember, they have an odd name to them, but they are more of the quote, tactical kind of looking lever actions where they are a, um uh they're they're not a tubular like a like a uh and and you probably wouldn't want to have a tubular 9 mm unless you used flat points in it or uh maybe flex tips or something like that but um they they typically take like glock mags or their own proprietary mags i will find that out for next week um to uh listener matt because I want to say I have absolutely seen them. They typically are all black. They have <clears throat> maglock front forearm stocks and stuff like that. I mean, they they try to tactical them up a little bit, but they are coming coming out in lever actions. And I think some of these companies are doing it because uh, they're concerned about semi-automatic bands in so many of these, you know, like look at Illinois. Illinois has got all these semi-automatic bands and uh, California and stuff like that. But lever actions are okay. So companies that are diversifying or just starting out are kind of moving into the lever action range, which I think is cool. I actually made a tactical one for my son with a, a Marlin uh, 30A. I did it black, I did it <laughs> just for fun. And, uh, and it looked really nice, although it's still in 3030, so it's not really a, a, a tactical one. At any rate, uh, listener Matt, I will indeed find a number of them, and I'll I'll bring it up next week, okay? Uh, the music's playing, and it's about the time end of the show for this week. This is Dick Kupke at Trigger Talk Radio here at Wham Talk 1600 and 92.7 FM. I'll see you next week.